0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to our series on the book of Matthew. My name is Phil Bruns, and I am the leader of the uh, Blue Ridge Church of Christ here in Charlottesville, Virginia. And as we start our uh, series on Matthew chapter 1, I want you to consider uh, if Matthew was standing here today, if he was sitting beside you in your car or sitting with you uh, in your room, what would he want you to leave with as you read his book the book of Matthew what would he want you to see in it what if if he could tell you what would he say to you why did he write it what does he want you to learn from it you know back in the time when this was written and and Matthew uh, would have bowed down and prayed for his readers what would he have prayed about if you've read it a 100 times, what would he tell you to take from it for the 101st time? We're not just reading a book. We're seeing a communication from another time, from, from, from someone who was there. It's a collection of accounts and stories from the people who saw them happen. These were some of the people that, that hugged Jesus, that prayed with Jesus, that high-fived Jesus, that ate with him, that laughed with him, that cried with him. And Matthew was sharing these accounts with us. You know, in, in Matthew chapter 13, he writes some of the words of Jesus, that the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from his joy over it, he goes and sells everything that he has and buys that field. You know, Matthew lived those words. Otherwise known as Matthew, and Mac, or, I'm sorry, as uh, Levi in Mark chapter 2. We see him as a tax collector, and Jesus comes up to him and says, come and follow me. And he got up from his table and left his things there, and he went to follow Jesus. Several years ago, when I was still in college at uh, the Ohio State University, walking along the uh, sidewalk one day, all of a sudden started seeing posters everywhere that said, here, Josh, here, Josh, is all they said. And they were not just there for a, a day or two. It was, it was weeks leading up to an event that all they said was, Here, Josh. So I asked somebody one day, "Is was like, What are all these posters that say, Here, Josh? Here as in H-E-A-R. Here, Josh. Well, it turned out that they were posters advertising uh, for a Christian author, Josh McDowell, uh, was going to be on campus speaking. And as it turned out, I actually went to, uh, to, to his um, uh, session. And uh, it was fantastic. But I am guess I, I, as we talk about Matthew today, I want you to encourage you to hear Matthew. Hear Matthew, hear his heart, hear his soul, hear his passion. You know, Matthew's book is about fulfillment, as fulfillment of, of God's promises throughout his prophecies uh, in the Old Testament of this Messiah that was to come. So in part, we know that Matthew wants us to know who Jesus really was uh, and who who he said he was in that day, but also who he is for us today. So I hope you're eager to learn about Jesus. I hope you're hungry to learn from the book of Matthew. So let's see him and let's hear Matthew like never before. The scriptures I share today, I'll be sharing out of the NASB 2020 version. And in the Old Testament prophecies that Matthew refers to, they're prophecies of, of the Messiah that was to come, that are similar to these. Uh, one found in Matthew, I'm sorry, Micah chapter five, verse two. But as for you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, too little to be among the clans of Judah. From you one will come forth for me to be ruler in Israel. His times of coming forth are from long ago, from days of eternity. Another prophecy in Isaiah chapter 42, Behold my servant, whom I am uphold, my chosen one, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. Yet another in Isaiah chapter 53, verses 4 and 5. However, it was our sickness that led him... Excuse me. However, it was our sicknesses that He Himself bore, and our pains that He carried. Yet we ourselves assumed that we had been afflicted, struck down by God, and humiliated. But He was pierced for our offenses, He was crushed for our wrongdoings. The punishment for our well being was laid upon Him, and by His wounds we are healed. Yet another prophecy in Zechariah chapter 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is righteous and endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the foal of a donkey. And finally, in Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and she will name him Emmanuel. Emmanuel. You know, these prophecies coming hundreds of years before Jesus was ever uh, born. You know, scholars say that, uh, you know, there are more than 300 prophecies in the Old Testament, and actually there's some scholars that say there's more than 400. But regardless, Matthew is out to prove his point so much that 10 different times through the book of Matthew, he refers to Old Testament prophecies and uses a phrase something like, the prophet is fulfilled. For example, in Matthew chapter one, in verse 22 and verse 23. Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Behold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they shall name him Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. Again, in Matthew chapter two, in verse 15, it says, he stayed there until the death of Herod. This happened so that what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Out of Egypt I called my son. Another fulfilled prophecy according to Matthew chapter 2, verse 17, it says, Then what had been spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. A voice was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and she refused to be comforted because there were no more another prophecy in in matthew chapter 2 verse 23 again he says this happened so that what was spoken through the prophets would be fulfilled he will be called a nazarene six more times in matthew chapter 4 verse 14 chapter 8 verse 17 chapter 12 verse 17 chapter 13 verse 35 chapter 21 verse 4 and chapter 27 verse 9 and 10 Matthew refers to Old Testament prophecies that were fulfilled. Matthew has 54 citations from the Old Testament and more than 260 parallels or references. So Matthew in part, is, is just proving that Jesus was who he was. Further, Matthew deeply wants us to know the facts to see see them clearly in fact Matthew chapter one verse one he simply starts out the record of the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah the son of David the son of Abraham you know Matthew just simply starts with the facts of the genealogy some of you may know you know people that have done or maybe you yourself have done a genealogy of, of your family your family history where you came where you came from where the your um, or your ancestors uh, uh, came from, maybe in Europe, or maybe from Africa, or maybe from other parts of the world. But a lot of times, the best we can do is just back a few generations, just back a a hundred, or two hundred, or maybe three hundred years. But Matthew goes all the way back to the very beginning, thousands of years, with the genealogy of Jesus, to call him the son of David, the son of Abraham. You know, my family is originally uh, from the northern uh, Germany area, and uh, but I only know for a couple of generations. I only know uh, a little bit of that. I haven't studied my uh, family um, ancestry, but I know that that's generally the area that we're from. But when I look at what Matthew has done, it not only gives kind of a, a generalization, not only kind of gives an idea, but actually gives very detailed of who Jesus was. This goes way back. This is where he came from and who he is. Through this a par, far from perfect family line that includes mostly men, some women, mostly Israelites, some not, it finishes Matthew chapter one, verse 17 finishes. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Messiah, 14 generations. More than any other gospel, Matthew calls Jesus son of David 10 different times. So he talks, Matthew talks about the the genealogy and there's so much to be taken uh, from that, but then he very quickly goes into the next sentence and he says, hey, let me tell you how he was born. And now the birth of Jesus in verse 18, now the birth of Jesus, the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And Matthew goes on to tell this miraculous story of the birth. And then he continues on to chapter 2. He had, after uh, Jesus had been born, he said, Well, let me tell you about after he was born. In Matthew chapter 2 and verse 1, he says, Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And so Matthew tells the story of these visitors that have come from the east. And many folks think that they have come as far away as as where China is today. But they came from a long ways away to come and visit uh, this this Jesus, and then Matthew goes on to tell about the story of the of Jesus, uh, baby Jesus, and 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 Joseph and Mary and their move to Egypt, and finally the move back to Nazareth. There wasn't confusion on who Jesus was, and Matthew is telling us exactly who Jesus was point by point by point. It's kind of like going to a concert or to a speaker to hear someone uh, talk. If you were going to a Coldplay concert and you went into the stadium, you would know exactly what to expect. You would expect to see Chris Martin and the rest of the Coldplay band. You would expect to see many of uh, 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 fans there wanting to listen to Coldplay. You would expect to to see and hear Coldplay songs and and see people with Coldplay t-shirts on. There would not be confusion on who you were there to see. There would not be confusion on what band it was. And I think that's exactly what Matthew is telling us. There is not confusion on who Jesus was. You hear Matthew telling you about it I want to encourage you as we go through the, the, this series of the book of Matthew to spend some time reading it on your own don't just listen to me don't just listen to my words but go back and take a look at the book of Matthew and read it as if Matthew is sitting there talking to you because to Matthew there was no confusion on who Jesus was can you hear him can you see him Point uh, point number two is that Jesus offers hope and purpose. And we see this through Matthew's chapter one and chapter two. You know, it was a dark and and sinful, confusing world then, uh, much like you might describe uh, the world here today. Uh, People have always been the same. There was religious pride. There was worldliness. There was righteousness, unrighteousness. They had it all then as we have it all now. But Jesus was going to cut through it all to provide something no other person in history could. In Matthew chapter 1, going back to verse 18, it says, Now the birth of Jesus the Messiah was as follows. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, since he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her, planned to send her away secretly. But when he had thought this over, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you shall name him Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. You know, that last verse, the last sentence, verse 21, might be the one verse if you could sum up the whole Bible in that one single verse. If you're uh, already a Jesus follower today, if you're already a Christian, you know there was a moment in time where you saw your sins, that you surrendered yourself, and you kind of just gave yourself up. You surrendered to Jesus. You repented of those sins. You were baptized. You got your sins forgiven. And it was only done through Jesus. I mean, praise God for the hope that we find in, in Jesus. I mean, it's, this whole life is just in one sentence that he is coming to save people from their sins. Well, well, what kind of sins you might ask? Well, we're talking pride, impurity, white lies, stealing, murder, envy, factions, racism, hatred, selfishness. Selfishness? What, what about if it's really bad selfishness? Yes, Yes, it's all of those things that Jesus is coming to give people hope, those things that that, that tie our necks and bind our souls. Jesus is coming to help and to save his people from their sins. And if Jesus was God's answer to the world then, 2,000 years ago, isn't he the answer to the world now? If God's solution to the world's ugliest and vile things 2000 years ago, isn't Jesus the very solution to the world's ugliest and vile things today? I believe that He is. You know, sometimes when we've been around the church or been around our our friends, we, we get used to the benefits of God's forgiveness, the hope that He offers. And sometimes we can actually lose sight. I've been there, and maybe you as a listener have been as well. We kind of lose sight of, you know, that we need forgiveness. You know, we know it up in our, in our heads, in our, in our brains. We would never say that, oh, no, I don't need forgiveness. Because we know that we are sinful people. But our heart loses sight of the hole that we are in as a result of our sin. And we sometimes can lose sight of that. And then because of that, we kind of lose our our longingness, our our, our, our desperateness uh, to find Jesus. Guys, I want to tell you, if you don't live with the thought every day that you are nothing without Jesus, that you have no hope in this world or the next without Jesus, that you are absolutely lost in your sin without Jesus, if that doesn't bring you to your knees and doesn't make you take a, a deep swallow, give pause and self-reflection, what does that say about your view of God in light of this? What does it say about your your sight of the cross? Are you losing your sight, your view of the cross? Are you losing that desperate de- desperateness and that longing for Jesus. There is so much hope that is found in Jesus and and praise God the purpose that it brings as well. We'll get may, way more into into the the life that 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 the purpose and, and so forth that that we see throughout the book of Matthew, but even right here in this moment when Jesus was born, it gives Joseph A purpose with his unborn son Son, choosing Joseph. He chose to be obedient to these words of the angel. In verse 22, it says, Now all this took place so that what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled. Befold, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which is translated means God with us. And verse 24, And Joseph awoke from his sleep and did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took Mary as his wife, but kept her a virgin until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. Even before Jesus was physically born, Joseph found purpose through Jesus. Joseph chose obedience in his obedience, would change the world. I want to encourage you to take some time and and reflect on your view of Jesus. What is it? Or better yet, what does your life reflect that it is? Do you need more convincing that that He was actually born? Do you need uh, a better engagement into the hope and purpose He provides? Jesus was in fact here. He did walk this earth and he does offer us hope and purpose. Matthew is telling us about it. He is saying, guys, listen to me. Let me tell you who this Jesus was. Let's hear Matthew teach us. Let's hear Matthew teach us about the fulfillment of the Old Testament prophecies. Let's hear Matthew teach us about who Jesus was that's it for today. I hope that's helpful. I hope that encourages you and I look forward to looking at Matthew chapters three and four next time and beyond. Enjoy your day.